I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy, everybody. Welcome to Talking Simpsons, where we sit quietly behind Julie Kavner. I am your host, the Hank Azaria toucher, Bob Mackey, and this is our chronological exploration of uh, a table read of The Simpsons. Who is here with me today? Uh, hey, Henry Gilbert, loudly laughing in the room to make we, sure everybody knows I know it's funny. Many a knee was slapped, including <laughs> mine. So yes, we're here to talk to you today about a very special event in our lives, perhaps the peak of my life as a Simpsons fan, and I assume Henry's as well, is yeah. that we got to attend a Simpsons table read. Essentially what a table read is, in case you don't know, it's a rehearsal of the episode with the voice actors, and we were there in the room with them, thanks to amazing friends of the show, oh my God. Uh, Nick Pruer and Mark Malkoff. They made it happen, and we are internally in their debt. Eternally, yeah. We owe them uh, a giant cake. I got to find their addresses and get them a cake or something. I never thought this would happen and to get to go to it. And then, you know, I didn't want to tweet about it. I didn't tell anybody about it until we finally tweeted about it in the past as a thing that had just happened because I didn't want to risk it. I was like, I don't believe it until it finally yeah. happens. Until yeah. I was sitting down there and uh, voice actors were talking, <laughs> I assumed an earthquake would happen and swallow us alive before the voice actors actually spoke but yes so yeah mark malkov of course he uh worked on letterman he's got a great and fascinating career check out his wikipedia page he's done so much he was great to hang out with him for half a day talk to him but he's also got a podcast and that is the carson podcast a podcast all about johnny carson and if you are too young for carson like me uh it is still incredibly fascinating i say start with the mike reese episode you learn a lot about mike reese and carson and what crusty was uh, engineered to make fun of <laughs> during their years on the show yeah yeah i like that you know on that podcast that mark he has people on that build up carson's legacy and mystique and then guests like mike reese who just tear down the mystique and they're just like no 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 yeah he wasn't that special (laughs) i do love mike reese's like last 25 years of bridge burning he's done since he left the business it's so great it's so much fun to listen to it's been really great yeah yeah everybody should check out that carson podcast we got to have mark on a podcast too it was so much fun talking with him Uh, we got to i mean what a favor he did for us like we met him the day of the table read like we didn't he didn't even know yeah. us and he yeah. drove us there in yeah. terrible la traffic it's uh, always bad folks yeah yeah and of course uh, nick Pruer from the found footage festival he was a guest on a recent episode and that is where we loudly whined about <laughs> never being invited to a table read until someone finally said let's give these suckers a break yeah uh the whining finally paid off we should have known uh, that would have done it at long last boy i mean i guess that's where this whole journey started was having nick Pruer on the podcast a few weeks ago for i'm with cupid when we uh when we had him on that's when he told us the story of doing a simpsons table read how magical it was and he had asked us like man one of these days you guys got to go to it right and we're like yeah we should <laughs> it's funny that uh, i guess spoilers for the table read mike scully was there i would say friend of our show we've interviewed yeah. him twice and we went to say hi to him and he was I think he was kind of surprised it was our first table read in fact that's like he's like is this your first one and we're like yeah he's like oh it's gonna be a good one you'll like it so uh yeah which uh you know if you're thinking that Mike why didn't you ever invite us to these things? yeah come on you, think you owe us Scully <laughs> big time uh I mean maybe it really was just thinking like if you don't 
if you don't say you want these things, people assume you don't, even though yeah. I, they should feel from us a cloying need coming through <laughs> our eyes that says, invite me to a table. I guess please. they can't smell the desperation sweat through the microphones. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. But yeah, so Nick reached out to us and said that his friend Mark got invited and that he could get some plus ones to an upcoming table read. But we, I believe we had two weeks notice to do it. Like uh, the, when they sent a special, like, can you fly? down to los angeles that day and and go and we're like yes yes yes, absolutely yeah so yes i I guess nick was going to be mark's plus one and then of course uh he was like you both should go so i'll make sure that mark tries to get you a plus two but also at that time a friend of the show nina matsumoto was scheduled to come down and stay with me for about a week we visit each other fairly frequently and uh i was like we gotta ask for plus three no one there's such a thing as a plus three no one gets a plus three but we like pled nina's case we just gently pled we're like oh can nina matsumoto come she is a uh, former bongo artist she worked on the bart simpsons comics she's got so much uh, credibility as a simpsons fan she needs to be part of this and i was terrified that uh i would have to leave her behind at my apartment <laughs> to go do something i'm sure she would be totally understanding about but still be very uh wanting to go to very much wanting to go yeah well because she like oh thanks for flying down to berkeley now i'm gonna fly down to burbank to achieve your dream i'm gonna have an amazing experience can you uh, watch louie <laughs> don't worry i'll tell you all about it when i get back thank goodness like mark and through his contacts he was able to get a plus three so four seats at the table read that's a pretty big get and it was I a pretty think. full room too right yeah yeah it was uh well i mean yeah the size of that room like i i guess i never imagined how big or not it was i'd seen pictures before but they didn't give you the full scope of the place until uh you only see it once you're there like oh this is like a real huge group of people in this room then we were able to get all of us in there that's when we finally purchased our plane tickets to all fly down together uh it's good for us that where we live in the bay area that it's just like an hour-long flight to los angeles so you can do it pretty quick yeah barely an hour and we were going to meet up with mark the next morning uh they do their table reads on thursday so it was uh, just a week ago yeah so we met up with mark in burbank to and he was going to drive us to the studio because he'd been to the studio before and that was maybe the most (laughs) stressful two hours of my life not not because of mark of course Oh, but no, it was no, no. like okay we have to drive 20 miles let's get a three-hour head start Ugh, to drive God. through just the winding one-lane traffic all the way to the fox studios and i've lived in southern california before i thought i, I think every time i'm prepared to understand traffic again i really am not yeah I, we should always add an hour to everything we think like yeah we, we gave ourselves two and a half hours We're like that's definitely enough time and we should have given ourselves three and a half hours like it was so we were told it starts at 10 a.m. sharp, and you need, should be here by 9.35. You know, we're looking at Google Maps the whole time, and it's going okay until we get to, like, the one road that goes from Burbank to Los Angeles. <laughs> Very poorly planned city. Has anyone ever talked about this? The traffic in L.A. is surprisingly bad. <laughs> we're in this one left turn lane for 30 minutes i think it was and we were all like mark was especially just like getting really antsy like i think he was feeling really bad he i think he was starting to feel the prospect that he he might be late to the thing and we'd miss out yeah i think he was feeling pretty bad and we were trying to tell mike no i know we're gonna make it it's cool don't worry just just relax we'll we'll be fine but internally i was thinking too like 
oh my God, could, uh, what would I do if I found out I was this close <laughs> to going to Simpsons Table Read and then late? I was just having a lot of wishful thinking and uh, delusion that off, that paid off, so you know, it worked <laughs> out for me. We were making a lot of small talk to try to not yeah. be nervous. Uh, uh, but yes, we... We finally started moving again. We get there. Well, and then there's also, like, there is some confusion. None of us live. Like, he's from New York, and we don't drive at all. We were all getting a little lost in downtown L.A. trying to get onto the Fox lot. We finally did at 935, and it took us, like, another 5, 10 minutes to get to the building. And in that time, I was also super worried of, like, if we make one wrong turn, <laughs> then we, yeah. then coming backwards, will cost us more time just walking here, and we might be late still. Still. Luckily, the guards are very helpful. They're not like the guards in Plucky Duck cartoons. They, uh, <laughs> they, they gently point the way, well, and they would let you out of the studio, too. Ralph the guard works in Warner Brothers, so oh, I guess you're right. Fox guards are nice, That's I true. suppose. Uh, yeah, but uh, so we got to walk to the building, and uh, that's when we saw the people standing outside, and we're like, that's when I could finally breathe, like, we made it. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and then it was uh, like the night sky full of stars all around <laughs> us, so... We, uh, we met a lot of the Simpsons cast and crew. Uh, not all of them were there. And so, uh, personally, we posted pictures on our Twitter, and I'm sure you'll see a, a nice picture as the cover art for this, but we met uh, Matt Groening. We mm -hmm. talked with him for, like, a minute because yeah. he's a very busy man, but he's super friendly. We got a picture with him. Uh, of course, Nina was there. She was talking to him as well. She mentioned Bongo to him, and they had met before at some convention, so, uh, you know, obviously he remembers her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Out of the millions of people he meets. Uh, I mean, yeah, he he was very nice to us. Like it was Mark. Mark was being very good at telling us, like, here, let me introduce you to these people. Like he was he was a little more confident than oh, we were for sure. Hi to strangers we'd never met before. He was really corralling us, like, <laughs> oh, you got to meet Matt Groening. He's out here. You got to meet him right now. I was kind of hoping. Uh, well, yeah, we met Matt Groening and talked to him and shook his hand, took the picture. We also got to say hello to James L. Brooks. Like he was yeah, there. Yeah. I, I wasn't sure if uh, those big wigs would be there you know and yeah i wasn't expecting jim brooks to be there or even uh, matt graining i would assume matt graining was busy with disenchantment whatever stage of production they're in but yeah, yeah. according to uh mark i guess he's been coming to table reads very often lately in the past couple of years i could i mean he that he still works that much on it in the 31st season is impressive and and yeah i guess you know with disenchantment the last couple years he probably couldn't make these thursdays like especially that's in santa monica and this is in los angeles oh God. So. <laughs> yeah, the the pain of that. But you need yeah. your own private helicopter. But yeah, the first person we saw when we walked into the room to so it's assigned seats, and we saw where our names were, and we were right behind what turned out to be the center of the room. Yeah, like, we were right behind uh, Julie Kavner, Matt Groening, Jim Brooks, and Hank Azaria. Yeah, and Hank was the first person we saw there, but he was seated seated next to Julie. But I was so buzzed up of seeing Hank Azaria, I didn't realize who Julie was for like a second, you know? I yeah. Was like, oh, right. That's Julie. Well, because she, get this, she doesn't look like how she looked 20 years ago no. when you saw pictures of her. I think the last time, I mean, I don't think she's like a recluse. I think she does not do a lot of live action stuff anymore. Uh, but I have not seen a picture of her or footage of her since probably that actor studio special. <laughs> so uh, I did not recognize her at all. Yeah, we sat down and... 
Uh, well, we met Hank first, I think. I think we shook yeah, his hand first. That's right. Yeah, we, we shook his hand and said, oh, it's so awesome to see you there. I mean, as we'd find out later that, like, that was special. Hank is normally not there in person for the table read. So we got an extra uh, joy there. Very sharply dressed. I felt like scum shaking his hand. Like, <laughs> oh, my God, this is the coolest man ever, and he's shaking my hand. Uh, and he did make a smart <laughs> quip at me where I was like, uh, oh, I've been wanting to see one of these my whole life. He's like, well, actually, you're going to hear it. And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> I'll sit down now. Uh, that's uh, that we didn't uh, embarrass Nina by telling him about her fan site. No, no. <laughs> previously discussed on Talking Simpsons, a podcast. That's true. Uh, we told folks that we did a podcast and we mentioned it to them. Like, I think it was Yardley Smith at the end of the table read who was like the most impressed of our she podcast is a, uh, degree. A fellow podcaster. Yeah, yes. we told Matt Graining, yeah, we're here, we do a podcast. He's like, oh, which one? And we told him, he's like, okay. So maybe Matt Graining will hear this. Maybe. I have a feeling he's very busy yeah. and has better things to do as a, as a 65-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, when I sent my mom the picture of Mac Raining, she didn't know who that was. Like, I sent it in a group text to my mom and brother, and my brother knew instantly, and I was sure my mom would too, but she's like, she told me later, she said, well, why, why is Henry sharing with me a picture of an old man? That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I sent it to my mom, and I was like, this is Mac Raining, creator of The Simpsons. Uh, she thought it was very cool. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, I I also, I was too nervous to eat anything. It was funny. Mark, Mark went right to the free like fruit and bagels and stuff, but I was just too nervous. Uh, I didn't too. want to touch anything. I mean, I also I held it in the entire time because I was like, I don't want to go to the bathroom, miss even one second of this. Yeah, you you made it. <laughs> I did make it. It wasn't well, too distracting though. Once all the famous people left, that's uh, when I was. That's when I was like, okay, I'll pee now. I can uh, pee now. Your pee could have been mingling with theirs in the sewers. <laughs> <Jesus>. <laughs> what an honor! Uh, and so we. Said said hi to folks like in the run up to about 10 15 or so i think was when it really started and that's when like it was at the last minute well not last minute but it was very late when uh dan castlanetta yardley tress mcneil and pamela hayden came in oh and kevin michael richardson yes Th- those actors were a little later than the rest and, and uh, uh special oh, guest star yeah. on this read so harry shearer uh, normally phones in uh, but this time, for some reason, it was pretty cool. Uh, Kevin Pollock was there. The celebrity impressionist and comedian Kevin Pollock was there to uh, read for uh, Harry's parts. Yeah, yeah. It was a really surprising thing. We went in there like, wait, why is Kevin Pollock here? Like, it just was. Uh, and the news around the room was just that Pollock was asked by James L. Brooks, especially, of like, can you do me a favor and come to the table reading for this and, and do Harry's parts? Because normally Harry is just on the phone. They, there wasn't any explanation of why he wasn't on the phone, but he, but he wasn't there. Yeah. And I guess we didn't sign an NDA, but we want to be polite and not give away any details about story. Uh, I was going to just read the whole script. <laughs> We right could now. let's pick our parts right now. <laughs> uh, uh, I call Skinner. I'll be Poochie. Poochie comes back in this episode. That's a lie. It's a huge <laughs> no, lie. I didn't know. Uh, but yes, I will say it did feel like a uh, special episode, not in terms of like moving the plot or a big event, but it's not like Twenty Two Short Films of Springfield either, though. Like a high concept, yeah. episode like that. Though it's either. an interesting character based episode, mm-hmm. and I think uh, it felt like a special event because Matt Selman announced up front the uh, I guess sort of like co showrunner with Al Jean at this point, yeah, sort so of. No no Al Jean. No Al Jean. He was in New York, presumably recording or eating delicious pizza, so we don't know. But uh, he said up front, I want to announce, folks, we have no one over the phone today. And everyone cheered. So I guess that would really suck the energy out of the room to have people on the phone with a delay trying to voice act The Simpsons. But yeah, it did feel like a special event to yeah. be there with all live actors. And of course, Dan and Julie were there. 
And uh, no Nancy. Nancy was not there. Yeah, Tress yeah. was doing uh, Nancy's roles. Yeah, which was fun. She did a good Bart. She's uh, Tress did a good Bart. And yeah, the the whole episode was was really fun. I know maybe it's just the giddiness of being in the room, but like it was a funny script with good jokes in it that made me laugh. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to watching this episode. Yeah, it was like we've never. Why would we have like we've never experienced knowing a script of a Simpsons before it gets animated. Like we always get them in tandem. So now that we've seen this script and, you know, this is before a final rewrite or uh, the animatic when they might redo a bunch of things there too. Like there could be a lot of stuff that changes from this or the, or I'm also, there's some characters in it that have never appeared before. So I'm curious to see what the animators, like how they'll design them, who, how they'll make these new characters look. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when this episode goes live, probably in, I'm guessing October or November of next year, I'm just roughly guessing. I have no idea. We can do an episode about, it and talk about what was in our scripts. We can talk about the experience more in detail when the spoilers come out. Yeah, yeah, but uh, but I'm looking forward to that episode. I think it'll yeah. be a really good one. Again, no spoilers, but it did feel like, wow, I get to come to a Simpsons table read number one, but number two, they're doing this episode with these characters. I feel like uh, this is even more magical. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, man, so yeah, the whole, the whole thing flew by so fast. When we got to the third act in the script... That is when I started to uh, get slightly lightheaded of thinking like, oh no, the end is in sight. Yeah. This, this, so the, the fairy tale ending's already coming. Each page could be our last. <laughs> but it was fun to laugh along with the script too and like let the people know we were enjoying it too. And just to be like sitting, again, we were sitting right behind Greening, Brooks, and Yar- uh, and Julie and Hank, like that was just really special. Yeah. And it was, uh, uh, and Michael Price did the stage direction. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. was Michael Price. I guess because Selman, this seems like a Selman run episode, perhaps, because he was, he didn't do any stage directions. He was doing the marking of the script, which I think is how they mark, like, well, that got a laugh or other thoughts as the episode is being read aloud, you know? Yeah, it felt like it went over very well with the crowd. Uh, And I know based on commentary, some table reads are not good. Yeah, I almost wish I could go back to see a classic, like, <laughs> just to be a fly on the wall in like a season four oh, God. table read that like went poorly. <laughs> yeah, like go to see uh, Homer at the bat table read, have no one laugh. Oh yeah, <laughs> that was one that had a terrible thing. Yeah, I like when Mike Reese on the commentaries just straight up says like. That was a terrible table read. Nobody laughed. Nobody liked it. It's funny it. they can remember the table reads. <laughs> well, when it's one you're overseeing and nobody yeah. laughs at it, I think it does stick in your head. It's like you're presenting your own little play that fails. <laughs> I guess we really can't talk anymore about the um, contents of what we saw, yeah. but we can talk about the aftermath where uh, it was basically just like eyeing people. Are, oh, are they going to leave? Are they going to leave? And uh, judging them based on the 20 seconds that we interact with them, judging yes. their entire character and personality. <laughs> These were busy people who were doing their jobs that day and they're not they don't have a bunch of free time to stick around with mooning fans who just were like let in the room and i had to keep in my mind like okay bob this is the 700th time they've done this they might not have time for you they also have uh, other jobs to get to (laughs) so like uh some people were just out really quick like pamela hayden was out and tress mcneil and uh julie kavner signed like two scripts so she was sort of like a cartoon character like signing a script and like walking out at the same time (laughs) i think i think like she got wrecked like caught in in a fan 
SoundCloud or something. <laughs> Dan Dan was also gone pretty fast. Yeah, right? as was Brooks and Graining. They 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 left pretty quick. Hank Azaria did stick around, which was pretty. Yeah, awesome. yeah. yeah. Uh, we all got our scripts signed by him, and uh, Yardley Smith is the one who hung around the most, mm-hmm. and uh, she was very nice. So nice. Yeah, I I worry that like here she was staying around so long, and that uh, then we'd be like, hey, I know you thought you were done. But the last of the fans are here, and they demand a signing. <laughs> You've never met fans before, have you? Uh, but she was so nice. She really was. And she really... Yeah. Uh, Nina brought with her one of the Lisa comics that she drew. Yeah, the really, really cool one with the uh, Lisa on a unicorn cover. Yeah. And Yardley seemed to really love it. Like, I think she really appreciated that Nina drew such a good Lisa and uh, with so much heart and care in it. And she signed the script as Yardley and Lisa for all of that us so with nice. different messages. Yeah. So yeah. thumbs oh, up to Yardley. Oh, and also really, uh, we got Matt Selman to sign it too and Kevin Pollack. Uh, I will say it seemed like Matt Selman was confused or surprised that we knew who he was and we wanted <laughs> signatures. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he was like, oh, these fans just know the actors. They don't care. Yeah. Like, one of these days we'll get Selman. He seems like I thought he might have heard of our podcast just because he seems more plugged in than most of the writers on it. But uh, he's like, get these nerds out of here. Maybe he knows and hates our podcast. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, the uh, another person I want to say was so nice to us was Kevin Michael Richardson. Yeah, like he's he's been a regular on the show for a while now. One of their you know utility voice actors who just does a lot of different voices. Kevin Michael Richardson is so great. He does voices on just about everything. I mean, he's most famous as the principal from American Dad, at least to me. Like he's so funny in that role. But uh, but yeah, he was so nice to us. He was so he was when I complimented him, he's like, oh, you're so nice nice and he was yeah. just a really just a cool guy we were talking to him and he was like even like oh you don't want to talk to me you want to make sure you get their signatures before you leave right he yeah. was all, like being very deferential to the uh, you know the main cast yeah yeah which no. is very nice that's why too I humble that's why i wanted to give him an extra compliment of like no 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 i know who you are too mr richardson like you were you're a great voice actor in your own right yeah and i got I, kevin pollock's signature yes, yeah uh, well that's uh a fun addition to this story was later to find out that uh, our buddy Eric Nagel, who we had on previous episodes, he texted us to let us know that he's friends with someone else who was in that room that day. And Oh and, my God, and, I forgot about that. And that person just took a, a picture of like, hey, I'm at a table read and sent it to Eric. And then Eric sees me and you like <laughs> in the center of the picture. He's like, what the fuck? That's amazing. I totally forgot about that. Oh, that happened like the day of. So I was yeah. probably just too euphoric to uh, to remember that. Uh, that was just so funny. So uh, that was an extra, an extra detail to it. But yeah, so we stuck around until everybody left. Mark had to go like he had a thing like right after the table read he had to go to and so he said like oh that's cool mark bye and so he he left we haven't seen him again since it no. was a real whirlwind day I hope he made it mark. home yeah. he's still in traffic right now as we speak oh, that poor guy and we we sort of parted at the writer's room by the writer's room mm-hmm. where there's like the bart topiary the simpsons like giant hand with a donut promoting the movie so we were by where the magic happens yeah they're yeah. probably peering at the blinds like what are these nerds doing uh, yeah, which one of them is gonna pull out their gun <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> uh, and then we went to the Fox store, and that's where we got the surprise of seeing that they were selling Simpsons cells that day. They knew people coming out of a table read were just hot for Simpsons merch. Just like, yeah. a, give me a, give me a cell. I need a cell. 
and I couldn't resist. No, I uh, I got it. Uh, you know, and I'm not going to reach for it, but I got it right here. It's the from Homer versus sexual inadequacy. It is Grandpa's speech about his tonic. And it's just such a great shot of Grandpa holding up his tonic, surrounded by a crowd of weirdo bystanders. So you get to really appreciate the weirdo bystanders there. There were a number of tempting ones. If price was no object, there was one that was like 200 bucks more that I wanted more than that one. But I was like, no, I have to. I can't spend that much. I I, get, I allowed myself a little, but... It uh, was a once-in-a-lifetime event. I totally yeah. would have done it. Uh, Nina and I were thinking about going in on one together. But uh, there was no single one there that we'd be sad if we didn't buy. There were so many great ones. There was one like, so one I really liked was Burns with the weird number one uh, hand thingy in the back of his limo, which is really good. Another one was Mo in the lie detector. Oh, Another really yeah. good one. If there was a, a slightly better Burns one or, or Skinner one, like Skinner and Chalmers, I would have spent the money immediately right there <laughs> and not regretted it. But uh, it was a little too much for me at that moment. But now I really, really want to sell. I'm going to go yeah. look for a really could sell uh, for my future home. What really pulled me into it was you can buy cells for around the same price on eBay or some or a bit more, but it's having the cell in your hand right there of like you have here it is yeah, right here. You're holding you're, history. You're gonna buy it, it's right in your hand. Like and uh, as I said on that episode uh when we did it, that one is an important one to me of just like it is the dad episode and it's what I watched with my dad and my grandfather and it just has so much history to me that specific one I was like all right I I feel like I gotta get this one Nina Nina was the one who really talked me into it she's like I was trying to pick between two and she said okay imagine you left these and came back and saw that one of them was gone which would make you more sad if it was gone and that's when I knew my answer I it's good strategy I almost but it was not a sell it was just the line drawing of homer and his nacho hat that was very tempting as well plus there were some line art from futurama of like scruffy i almost bought a scruffy from there too but uh, you don't get sales with that because it was always digital they also had some limited run merch there that was uh cheap enough for my blood <laughs> so they had a uh, new cape fear pin set uh, and I really wanted it because it had a pin that said the Thompsons on it in the Simpsons logo. Oh, yeah. But that, there are two yeah. other pins on top of that. So it's just a really cool uh, sort of uh, retro modern looking Cape Fear art with Bart in his bed, like cowering. And then three buttons on it. So I've not worn any of those buttons yet, but look for me with a Thompsons button soon. And there were some really tempting posters there, but... I was like, that'll get uh, messed up on the plane ride. I um, didn't bring a poster tube with need, me. We had like an afternoon to kill before it was playing time again. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, and so then we also ate at the Fox uh, Cafeteria. That was nice. It was so cheap. I got a really good tuna melt and fries and a drink for $9, which I guess is probably what the rest of the world pays for a tuna melt. But I was like, <laughs> wow, I can eat at this cafeteria every day. I, I mean, I'm glad they make it seemingly affordable for the folks who work there because they... They don't have many other options. Like, are you going to fully leave the lot and drive 30 minutes to get something to eat that isn't on the lot, you know? The man who made my tuna melt was very nice. I was like, this is the magic of showbiz, baby. (laughs) They've made sandwiches for all your favorite Fox television stars. Mm -hmm. It was also cool walking by, like, some of the studios like we walked by one that had filmed a million things but to me most interesting was batman 66 like it was the the studio where adam west filmed his classic batman 
episodes. And we walked by the fake New York set. Yeah, yeah. In the in the big Simpsons mural with the sing uh, not sing the blues, key of Springfield yeah. on it. Yeah. And the the tip for all you out there is apparently you can just walk around the Fox lot and no one will ask you who you are or what you're doing. <laughs> well, if you've made it past yeah. security the first time, you can just meander for as long as you want. The weird thing is you have to swipe your badge to leave. So we got to a gate and I was like, I don't know. And the security guard was like, Oh, I'll wave you through. Go ahead. And I was like, Wow. <laughs> He has no idea how much I stole. Uh, I have a feeling. Kidding. I have a. I wonder if they were a little more lax because it was Fox just bought by Disney, so this is just like a lame duck period for the Fox lot because the Fox lot is owned still by Fox, but all the stuff that's made on it is owned by Disney. So Disney's like currently renting it out. They didn't. They didn't buy that real estate. They bought the products that were made there. Hmm. So. I wonder if the security is a little more just like, hey, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so much history was there. Yeah. Um, um, amazing amount of history there. Like, every bench was a bench from Titanic. There that was had to so- be so many benches on that damn boat. <laughs> I mean, they got to have at least, you know, dozens of benches on screen, and then they have to have, like, backup benches for in case a bench breaks or something. <laughs> uh, James but- Cameron is a real bench freak, apparently. <laughs> Underwater diving and benches. His you, two passions. When you think of Titanic, you wouldn't think of benches. No, but, no. Uh, In fact, when I saw the first one, I was like, there was a bench on the Titanic? <laughs> it's like, I guess that deck was pretty big. Yeah, people got to sit down somewhere. It's, uh, I believe I made a reference to the cane from Citizen Kane. Yeah. Show, but, uh, uh, so anything else about the table read? I'm trying to scan my memories, anything we can talk about. But uh, again, a totally amazing experience. I never thought it would happen. And it was so great to uh, you know, just say thank you and to meet a lot of the people who've been entertaining me for the past 30 plus years. So uh, yeah. such a great experience. Thank you again to Mark and Nick for making uh, it happen. We are so in your debt. You're welcome back on our show anytime. Yeah, no, Mark and Nick, thank you both so much. We got to have Mark on soon. Get, we'll, we'll find one that is appropriately about late night or close to late night since that yeah. is his passion. But man, Nick Nick and Mark, uh, the new best friends of the show. Yeah. <laughs> really, I demand all of our friends to outdo them. Yeah, that's the challenge now. Though. Whoever gets us on the show. That's the next, that's the only next high after this of like yeah. getting to voice a character on the show. Uh, we'll be chasing that table uh, read high for the rest of our lives. Yeah, I mean, I'd, uh, I said it on the episode where on I'm with Cupid. You don't know how many of these table reads they have left, you know, like in the current incarnation of how they've always done table reads, like Simpsons will never stop. Folks will leave the show, they'll be recast, but Disney will always keep making more Simpsons. But the Simpsons machinery that's been making shows since 1989, that was what we got to experience today. Yeah, to be in the room with uh, two of the creators. Of course, you can't be in the room with Sam Simon. It'd be a weird room. (laughs) Yeah. A seance, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, just a magical experience. And again, there have been 700 of these, but there have only been 700. So I did feel (laughs) extremely special to just be there, to be allowed to be there. Mm Mm-hmm. So there's a very good chance you could be listening to this for free, and there's a very good reason. Number one, we wanted to brag to as many people as possible about the very cool thing we got to do because of two amazing friends of the show. So number one, bragging rights. Number two, just we want to give you guys out there a small taste of what being part of the Patreon is all about at patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. And what we're doing now is very similar to our monthly community show, Talk to the Audience, where we talk about what's happening in our world 
and the Simpsons world and updates about our podcast. So uh, yeah. we wanted to do get this out as soon as possible. So this will just be limited to um, this podcast. It won't be on the next talk to the audience. But in case you're wondering, all the extras are at patreon.com slash talking Simpsons. And you get all kinds of extra stuff. Uh, the episodes you get a uh, week early every week and exclusive miniseries and so much stuff on top of that. So, yeah, we thank you for uh, listening this far if you're listening for free. Yeah, you know, we're only able to do things like go to this table read thanks to your support. Like we, number one, just having the money set aside to afford plane tickets on a week's notice to, to go down to Los Angeles, but also having just two days. For, like if we worked at a job, me and Bob would have had to get days off from work to go do it and maybe at this time of the year in games press we might have been told like you can't take two days off in this economy (laughs) i'd have to say a parent died or something to go but yeah it's only thanks to the supporters on patreon that we're able to do that so we super duper appreciate that but you get so many things for supporting me and bob including the community podcasts like this and also right now the futurama podcast season two is currently going out only for patreon subscribers so please 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 consider signing up if you haven't yet at patreon.com slash talking simpsons we can give you a little taste of uh talk to the audience our community podcast by closing this little podcast that we're doing now with some chat about disney plus because it went live as of has it only been yesterday i feel like my life is my life has changed hashtag disney plus crying emoji heart emoji Uh, give me my money right now up front hashtag disney plus all the feels hashtag ad i love uh but no i it, that's why i felt weird to say anything positive about watching things on disney plus yesterday because everything felt like an ad for disney plus i made a joke about bonkers yeah with the hashtag ad but uh yeah. we're living in it now we're living in it and uh of course we could talk about what the simpsons is like on that whole streaming setup and it's not good nope not good yeah. not yet at least as of this recording uh well if we all remember 2014 when simpsons world launched it was all in hd like so up uh, episodes that had been done in a four three aspect ratio in sd got cropped and turned into widescreen and hd because i guess that's what mo- uh, they feel like if people see a square thing in sd they'll think it's old and crummy <laughs> and they won't watch it so their tv is haunted perhaps uh, but but especially in the case this is a case in everything but when you take a square format and squish it or stretch it or chop it up to being in a uh, rectangular form for hd you are butchering it i feel like i made a monkey's paw wish (laughs) when i was a snob in the 90s saying like everybody should watch widescreen movies that's the right way it's supposed to be seen on your square tv now it's like okay you've got all the widescreen you wanted now it kills all your square sized things miss those squares yeah i've been uh i've been witnessing this so on itunes occasionally i'll buy an episode on itunes before disney plus to be like i want to do some research on the road or at a coffee shop i'll pay three bucks to just bring the episode with me Mm -hmm. and there is intentionality behind the widescreen edits so most of the time they will crop the top and bottom of the screen to make a widescreen image. But occasionally when cropping would make a very awkward image or would chop off too much of a face or something like that, they will just squish the image into the rectangle. So there was someone there making that decision for every episode that's in HD that wasn't before. Unfortunately, there's no good way to do it. 
And I find that online, I understand why it's being sold this way, but I don't like how it's being sold as this ruins jokes because ultimately I think it ruins like three or five jokes. Mm -hmm. What really matters is this ruins the intentionality of thousands of hours of animation that was all carefully plotted out by hundreds and hundreds of artists. Like they created these images with the four by three uh, picture in mind and everything is coordinated around those dimensions. It damages it even if it doesn't ruin every joke ever in the show. I think it's a crime if it ruins like three jokes. Like yeah, yeah every everybody's talking about how it does ruin the duff the three tubes of duff joke. Like it does that, but what really sucks about it is that we've been through this. We've been through this yeah. already with Simpsons World for a year. It had no SD option. Then finally, like people uh, complained about it enough, I guess. And FX added an SD option, which was very annoying to click to make it that instead. Like it, uh, but and so now at the launch of Disney Plus, I just hoped they'd start with the option, but they didn't for whatever reason. And no. somebody said we had been told wrong information in the lead up. Like one reporter said, uh, or he had messaged with folks who were working on Disney Plus who officially said, oh yeah, the SD versions will be there for sure. And then they weren't. Like so there was misinformation being spread too about it somewhere. Like it, that's why we all just figured they wouldn't do the Simpsons world thing again. No, not Mm. again. Yeah, I thought at least the commentaries wouldn't be there, but I assumed, yes, of course I'll preserve the 4 by 3 of these HD crops, but they didn't. My one major issue with Disney Plus is it's the same as every streaming service now in that it's designed poorly on purpose, mm-hmm. where uh, it's not designed for your ease of use. It's designed so you will just get tired and stumble into the things they paid the most <laughs> money to make. So, like, let's say I'm watching an episode of Bonkers, which I was for what a cartoon. <laughs> let's say I'm watching episode 47. I'm taking notes, and then I have to go make lunch or something. I come back. How do I get back to that episode? Well, I have to go search for Bonkers or click on it in my wish list and then scroll over, like, five pages to episode 47 <laughs> yeah. and hit play. There's no, like, recently watched. There's no you just watch. It's all just the same, like, bad interface that every streaming service has because they don't want you to find the things you want. They want you to find the things they want you to find and i can't stand yeah. it and everyone's like this and i knew it would be like this i mean they should netflix does have a continue watching a lot most yeah. of the others don't or they at least have like you got to go through two levels of stuff of what was the stuff i just watched on hulu but, yeah i went back to netflix uh, today to watch an episode of star trek because of futurama and i was like this is so much better than disney plus i never thought i preferred <laughs> netflix to something but that's something i don't think will ever change no i well i mean in all of these they want you to see the thing they spent the most money on, all the prestige. Like yeah. that's why the big rectangle of Mandalorian is bigger than just anything on there. It's uh, so I've had some nice time with Disney Plus, other than the Simpsons stuff. That's a bummer. I I did have a momentary thing of when going through Simpsons and seeing like, uh, oh, season three started with that episode. I didn't think. Oh right, that's mm. when I remember that Stark Raving Dad won't be on here. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It uh, it confused me for just a second. And then I remembered Michael Jackson's crimes. And, Remember, uh, it's only on 10 million DVDs. No, yeah. probably 50 million DVDs. Mm-hmm. And also uh, online in a billion places. So you'll never see it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, also, it's funny if you go to the Simpsons World website. They just turned it off. Like, you can't use it anymore. Like, Disney Plus told them, don't do, once Disney Plus starts, don't have 
Simpsons <laughs> World anymore. Don't do so. what Disney Plus does. Like, it wouldn't let me sign in or anything. Like That's it, crazy. Uh, it was crazy. But expected. Yeah. But expected. Yeah. I, I think what I liked about Bonkers and other... You can tell what shows don't matter at all to them because they didn't HDify them. Like, Bonkers is just a square. Spider-Man 1994 is just a square. Like, all yeah. these crappy shows. If they didn't bother HD cropping them for a uh, recent airing, they're just still in 4x3. So Bonkers, thankfully, preserved in its, uh, at times, very well animated glory <laughs> it's uh, another thing i a negative i'll say on disney plus is that with a lot of their shows simpsons seemingly is all in order uh like in episode broadcast order but bonkers for example is not uh Gargoyles. bonkers is the the thing we go back to a lot but it's happening with a lot of shows yeah i i checked a few more like so bonkers isn't gargoyles is pretty much in in full order but like the Spider-Man TV series, which had four specific seasons, like they actually did very linear storytelling in the Spider-Man 1994 show, especially from season two onward. And the episodes are out of order. They're like they're in kind of order, but they're also just called one season. So it's just 65 episodes in a wow. row instead of separated in seasons. I will say for like Disney afternoon shows, I would look at a uh, Wikipedia article about list of episodes and just watch them by air date because things like DuckTales, the five-parter premiere is like in the middle somewhere or towards <laughs> the end and again with mock we go back to bonkers again the the, the reason why you're subscribing <laughs> the pilot ish two-parter is like episodes 45 and 46 or something crazy like that so i recommend if you want to f- watch these like really long syndicated shows look them up by order of air dates mm. and not just by what disney plus lies to you about yeah i mean i also saw with the ducktales 2017 show like the executive producer on that show tweeted out like people if you're watching ducktales for the first time in 2017 watch it in this order it's in the wrong order on disney plus and we're trying to fix it but right now if you watch it in the order they present it you have giant spoilers and their very intricately told story is told out of order you know it sounds like it's a problem even for a new thing that you would think they'd have in order i i haven't heard if gravity falls suffers a similar fate like that would be a really bad show to do out of yeah. order there's so much content to wrangle but you assume that someone like that or a company like it's that would have biggest. the resources Sources. in the world but because it's, of the biggest they don't have to care it's like a cable company you know yeah. that's what i feel like is also happening uh, i mean at least they got uh, i did watch the mandalorian it's fine mm. it's fine i watched um one scene of lady and the tramp and that sucks i think uh, it's pretty obvious why they didn't release in theaters it's funny people think that like things like lady and the tramp is them making high quality content for disney plus when it's really just them saying this isn't good enough for theatrical. Just put it on. No, here. there's no direct to DVD market anymore. So this is it. Yeah, this is this is the Disney Channel 2.0. Like that's like there's a movie on there that I will totally watch, but I'm saving it for Christmas time. Boogity man. My, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, but this Christmas when I visit my mom and stepdad, there's a movie on there called Noel, which is about Santa's daughter and son, played by Bill Hader and Anna Kendrick, that also has Billy Eichner in it, and it's just like it looks like trashy garbage christmas movie but i i'm fine with that i want to see that but but it's funny they presented as what a cool thing we have on here it's like well you would have aired this on abc like, yeah it's just the same show oh yeah one more thing i'll say about it is if you guys enjoyed our gargoyles podcast we did of what a cartoon 
Greg Wiseman, the showrunner of the show, he made it clear on Twitter of like, if you binge Gargoyles, I think we can get more Gargoyles made. Oh, so watch it and watch it and watch it. That's what he's saying. Uh, I'm smiling right now because I'm sorry to go keep going back to Bonkers, but I'm planning the Bonkers episode of What a Cartoon right now. And Greg Wiseman worked on the first version of the show. When our podcast goes live, I need him to listen to it. I need him to. I need to get Bonkers staff members on our podcast at some point we got to find out we need bonkers secrets greg weisman is here like all right you want to ask about spider-man young justice gargoyles so miranda writes <laughs> what was <laughs> you know wow i'm gonna just repeat this on our bonkers podcast but i thought miranda wright felt a lot like eliza maza yeah, in that. yeah. it's the same i now i reason. get it yeah gargoyles wow. are just five bonkers <laughs> it's what Five. or six who's, who's the bonkeriest of uh gargoyles? lexington uh but yes if you want more gargoyles it sounds like i i think there's real stuff to this because greg wiseman like three years ago when young justice was on netflix he said everybody if you want young justice to come back watch it on netflix now because he knew those numbers if they were high enough warner would be like oh there is actually a fan base for this we'll pay to make more and then Warner ultimately did make a third season of Young Justice with, with Wiseman in charge. And from all accounts, did it right. I haven't watched the third season. So we could. And while we still... Ed Asner... Ed Asner's still with us right now. Get him in a room. They like... He should... Greg Wiseman should just record him right now. Be like, look, here's $50,000 of my own money. Let me just record 10 lines. Here, read most words of the English language. We'll stitch them together in post. Just say, goodbye, Goliath. I love you. <laughs> Hello, Goliath. Yeah, Hello, Goliath. Goodbye, Goliath. <laughs> Thank you, Elisa. All those things. Uh, uh, but, but yeah, so that's one more component to Disney+. Plus. Uh, though, also, if you just want to steal it, I mean fuck it like who yeah. cares it's you don't have to give money to disney if you don't want they've to. got enough but i give them money anyway, yeah no so. i gave it i mean for us it's tax deductible as well and too, some of that so. is trickling down to us we're getting some new subscriptions because of disney plus yeah boy oh boy so yeah if you're a new subscriber on the patreon to hear old uh, simpsons that now you can watch along or you know I think you'll really enjoy a goofy movie, what a cartoon movie, especially when you can watch it on Disney Plus. Or The Nightmare Before Christmas, correct? Yes, yeah, or Aladdin. Yeah, and there'll sure to be more there in the future. Oh, yeah, I watched that. I had you seen that Waking Sleeping Beauty documentary before? No, that's on there. Yeah, I had not seen it before until now. I haven't either. Uh, It is absolutely Disney propaganda, but it has, it tells some dirty laundry in there, which I actually did like mostly. Uh, because you're allowed to say you hate Jeffrey Cat uh, Jeffrey Katzenberg if you work at Disney because he left for DreamWorks. Mm. They never say DreamWorks in the whole movie. It ends in 1994 when he quits after Lion King is okay. released. Wow. Like, the funniest thing in there to me after we did the Secret of Nim podcast and we talked about you talked about Don Bluth and how he got fed up at Disney. There's a funny bit in the beginning. So it's made by guys who stayed at Disney, and so he says, and you know Don Bluth, he was a, either loved him or you hate him. Like mm. some people, they were true believers in him, and uh, others of us there thought he was just a controlling jerk. And then the next scene, they're like, and so then Don Bluth. Uh, quit and he took half the staff of the ink and paint with him and I was like 
oh, so you're you're saying you didn't like him, so <laughs> you stayed, and everybody that liked him left. That makes a lot of sense. God, I got to watch that now. It's really good. Waking it's Sleeping really good. Beauty. But yes, yeah. uh, I apologize for all the bonkers chat. But if you sign up right now, you will hear that episode before everyone else does on Sunday night. So think yeah. about that. And if you don't care about bonkers, how dare you? But also, you'll have access to so many other things: two plus years of bonus podcasts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You've heard it all. But it's Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. But yeah, I hope everyone out there enjoyed all of our fun stories, especially about the table read. We had so much fun and we couldn't do it without you. So number one, thank you so much for supporting the podcast. We really appreciate everything you do uh-huh. for us. And we will talk to you again soon on another great podcast. Thanks again. Wow. Infotainment. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stangy Law Firm. We represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stangy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stangy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stangy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri.